0: Hello and welcome to Tub Talk, the podcast for IT consultants. Now, today we have not one, but two guests to talk about a topic that is on every managed service provider's mind right now. I'm talking, of course, about cybersecurity. Firstly, I'm joined by Rachel Roveno, Sales Business Development Manager at Cisco. Now, Rachel is responsible for leading the global orchestration and execution of Cisco's partner, managed services, and security go-to market strategy. Rachel, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hi, Richard. Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, very well, indeed. Next, I'm joined by Andrew Morgan, who is the founder at The Cyber Nation, a community built specifically for MSPs and MSSPs. Now, Andrew is a cybersecurity focused solution strategist who has worked previously at ConnectWise, Logic Monitor, True Methods. So Let me tell you, he is somebody who knows both the MSP and cybersecurity market very, very well. Andrew, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's great to be with you, Richard. Oh, the honor is all mine. Right, let's jump straight in here. Andrew, let me turn to you first. Hmm. How, you know, I alluded to it in your introduction. How would you describe the current state of the cybersecurity market for MSPs?
1: Well, um, I think it's a great question. And I use the analogy of Charles Dickens, a tale of two cities, Richard. And okay. here's what I mean by that. So, um, on one hand, I couldn't be more bullish for MSPs. And these MSPs I'm speaking of specifically, are MSPs who are myopically focused um, on their own business as client number one, who have built an internal security culture, have a strong internal security program. Uh, they've implemented strong controls, security controls align with frameworks and the corresponding policies of those controls. If you think about it, it's incredibly difficult. If you haven't done that, to have command over what it means to do that in a business and then therefore have a conversation with a customer and and or a prospect. The ones that have, have incredible confidence uh, in order, you know, when, when having those conversations and it's something you can't fake, right? Um, so these, un- these organizations understand cyber resilience, uh, being able to remain operational, everything that we call right of boom Post incident, being able to, you know, be operational in adverse conditions. Um, so these have they have incident response plans. They have operated tabletop exercises, and these are the MSPs you're seeing add 25% MRR year over year. And how do we know this? In the cyber call, which we've been doing north of a year, we have almost 3,800 MSPs in that community, MSP and MSSPs. Um, and uh, you know we get a really good sign of what's going on. We also have Gary Pika as a co-host who has a very large um, group of MSPs that he coaches and mentors and a lot of these stats are from the 200 in his peer group. Lastly, I'll say the other city um, I'm not so hopeful for, and it's not that you can't change and get going now, But what I mean by that is, you know, we, we and again I'll refer to the cyber call yesterday's cyber call. We talked about that right now with the sweeping changes in cyber insurance. You need to be in front of every single customer and prospect. So if you are one of the MSPs who I just spoke of first, you have high operating margin. You are doubling down on your sales and marketing, and you're in front of a lot of prospects, asking some very tough questions, making that that end customer really question what's going on with the current MSP. When you, have a, when you have a very mature MSP or MSSP asking, so tell me how your current MSP has built and worked with you on your incident response plan. Tell me how often you've actually tested it. Who's assigned roles? What are the first calls you make, et cetera? When they're asking those questions and there's a blank stare, that's an issue. If you're one of the latter MSPs, I'm talking about.
0: Yeah, and, and challenging times. It's got to say for the managed service provider market. You know, I used to run an MSP, sold that business over ten years ago now, and I look at the the state of cybersecurity back then to where they are now. And I must say, you know, I feel a little bit sorry for the MSPs around today because way more challenging, way more threats, I would say. Absolutely. Yeah. And a lot more to do. A lot more to do. Let's break down a couple of the acronyms as well, first of all. So we talked about MSP, Managed Service Provider, MSSP. Break that down for us. What is an MSSP?
1: Yeah, great question. And a lot of people wonder what's the extra S, right? When I talk about an MSSP, Richard, Um, I'm typically referring to organizations that are specialists in cybersecurity. These could be organizations that are offensive in nature. And I'll give you just a few examples, right? This could be an organization that strictly focuses on, you know, pen testing, vulnerability scanning, and third party type, you know, testing of the. Um, you know, defensive measures, right? The ability for that organization to defend against an attack, right? That's one type. There are more, you know, uh, wide-ranging MSSPs where they could have sock sim offerings. Now they could be, again, what MSS MSPs are using from third-party providers like Perch and Arctic Wolf and Scout and Blackpoint, or they could have actually built their own sock uh, internally. Um, But MSSPs are typically more focused on a cybersecurity practice or practices based on, you know, a specific function. If we use like real quick, I know it's a global audience, but if I just pick this cybersecurity framework for a minute, not to Mm -hmm. make it U.S. based, but, you know, there are certain, you know, whether it happens to be in the functions of uh, detect, you know, respond, recover, those types of things. Right, they're, or or MDR type functions. Um, that's what they're specializing in, um, as opposed to IT. As we think of traditional MSPs, who now are answering the question for most of their end customers. I thought you were doing all this for me anyway.
0: Yeah, we'll jump into that in a little bit because that is a huge question in of itself as well. But Rachel, I want to turn to you first of all. Thank you for for joining us today. I think it's so important. That we, you know, we've talked about managed service providers, we've talked about MSSPs, but vendors are a big part of tackling the cybersecurity issue. We are not going to do this in isolation. Uh, so first of all, thank you for coming on and you know talking openly about this. Cisco is known as one of the market leaders in the networking space. Everybody knows the name Cisco, but a Spider-Man knows, or Peter Parker knows, great power comes with great responsibility. So, how are you at Cisco helping? MSPs
1: to keep their clients secure?
2: Yeah, great great question, Richard. And so I, I think kind of going off of both what Andrew and you mentioned as well, the first thing is acknowledging that MSPs are by far some of the most targeted businesses for cyber criminals today. Um, and so we're, we're all in, you know, I, I'm a part of the global partner managed team. Um, and so if I, I really break it down, um, we wanna focus on the people, the processes and the technology um, that our MSPs, you know, are, are working with. So how are we gonna do that? We're super heavily focused uh, in, in, from a people arena and the communities getting involved, making sure that, that we're being transparent about the investments that we have for MSPs and what we're doing. Uh, to help protect and secure uh, them when it comes to processes, ensuring, um, you know, whether it's offer simplification, operational you know processes and, and, and enhancements that we're doing from a technology perspective as well to help secure uh, their end customers as well as themselves. So I think the biggest thing for us, too, is, is education, um, making sure that we're going all in not only for the MSPs, but we're educating, you know, all the way down. Uh, as well to to the end users and, and having these types of conversations on a global platform uh, for everybody to understand that that we have these investments. we're moving forward and, and we're helping uh, secure from from every aspect. It's critical that all three of these functions align for an MSP or for any business to be fully functioning and, and secure. Um, and, and, and those of us who have been in the security world long enough know, that anybody with enough time, computing power, and determination is gonna get in. So it's a matter of reducing risk uh, everywhere that we can across the people, processes, and
0: technology. Yeah, now you mentioned any of us who have been working in this industry for a while. You graduated graduated from the University of Maryland, didn't you, with a degree in cybersecurity, and you sort of you know, started your uh, career in engineering, you transitioned into business development, strategy planning, so I know you've helped thousands of MSPs now achieve a clear understanding of how to use IT, generate profitable results, that sort of thing. But let me ask you this, what has changed in the time that you've been in this industry working at Cisco? I alluded earlier on that when I was an MSP, it certainly wasn't easy, but it, it seems a lot harder now to deal with cybersecurity. What has changed that you've seen over the past few years?
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it's no secret that there's more users connecting to the networks than ever before, which means more devices, which means that already massive attack surface that we all were, we we knew and we were aware of just is now unimaginably massive. Yeah. Um, and so just even since I've been in the industry and, and working from whether it's technical or, or sales business development perspective, it, it's quadrupled, if not more, right? I mean, it's it's huge. So Simplification. I think that there's a huge need of focus around how do we take all this to Andrew's point too. It's, it's very complex. It can be very mm. challenging for any business, uh, especially MSPs working with um, various different end users to, to take all those complexities down and simplify you know, across those the three functions, if not, you know, even more, unfortunately, um, to to really secure their infrastructure and to secure their users. Um, so, you know, a lot has changed from a Cisco perspective. You know, I, I think, and and you could talk to this as well. And I think you mentioned it, but you know, we're software driven. You know, we're highly functioning and and around networking and security and collaboration um, technologies, but all of these have a security aspect in it. And I think that that's, that's top of mind as well as these solutions are being built out is how are we securing the collaboration for the remote workforce? How are we securing the networks that everybody is using today? And so not only is there is there more to secure, um, but the way we pre- Procure these solutions is is changing, and I think that that's that's another one that's that's very you know that's changed quite a bit. Is is the procurement models and you know obviously as a, a partner managed uh, individual supporting this this industry, um, you know there's a
0: huge focus there in yeah. making sure we can simplify those processes. Andrew, you know, right just spoke about from the vendor perspective what they can do, but in your opinion, what should MSPs be doing right now? To keep themselves and their clients safe. Give me some practical, real world advice that MSPs listening to this can go away and say, hey,
1: we'll make these changes. Yeah. Um, Here's, you know, I I can't state this enough. and And I already said it once, Richard, you have to make your MSP customer number one. I mean, let's think about this for a second. If you're an MSP, more than likely you have an RMM tool there. So you have the most powerful malware delivery mechanism on the planet, and guess what? The nation states, the APT groups, uh, are evil, right? They know this. They've known this probably since around 2016, and they know how to use these tools better than the actual vendors. I I, I might you know just go out on a limb and saying, and that's not a disrespect right to the vendors, these are highly motivated, highly paid organizations that understand every facet of these tools. So if you're an MSP, and you're not focused myopically on your own cyber hygiene and your own cybersecurity program internally, you're the biggest threat. So again, you know, because you have that tool on everybody's environment, that means you have command and control. And, and and again, that means the threat actors, you know, know, know this. And, you know, um, I would say that um, the other, you asked about practical things. So once a quarter, um, our group, when I say our group, the cyber call with folks like Ryan Weeks, who is one of the best, cyber practitioners I've come across in years, the CISO of Data, Wes Spencer, CISO of Perch. uh, uh, We do uh, some type of special type cyber event. This past quarter, we did one on threat modeling. And uh, ironically, Richard, we did it three days before the Kaseya incident. And the threat actor we chose was called Gold Southfield. And Gold Southfield's other name is our evil. Um, we had MITRE. Um, if For those of you out there, that is um, MITRE's you know the warehouse of the vulnerability database, uh, the miter attack framework, but they also have the Threat-Informed Defense group, so they were on this. And I can give you these URLs for the webinar for people. Yeah, we'll put them too. in the show notes. And um, we also had Red Canary on, and their Atomic Red team, who are tops when it comes to threat modeling. And uh, so, again, you, you you've mentioned this. It's hard work. It's way harder work these days. But these are the things that. MSPs have to understand. They have to understand who is attacking them and what mechanisms they use to attack them. So does that make some sense? It does make sense. And I I want to
0: Jumping a little bit later, so here's, you know, uh, advanced warning. I want to get some, you mentioned Ryan Weeks. Uh, We actually had him on Tub Talk 61, brilliant guest. And you've just reminded me, we should get Ryan back uh, again to talk some more. But I'm going to come back to you and ask about other people in this space that I think people should be following. So before I do, though, Rachel, let me turn to you. So Andrew's just talked a little bit about... Here in Europe, we might say uh, MSPs need to eat their own dog food, or the French might say need to drink their own champagne. It's not enough to talk to clients about, hey, you've got to stay safe, you know, practicing good cyber hygiene and things like that. They've got to be practicing this themselves, walking the walk in cybersecurity. Let me ask you, you've worked with thousands of MSPs. How can MSPs build a culture of security in their business so that isn't something they're just talking about everybody in the organization is doing? Absolutely.
2: Great, 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 great question. And I grew up with practice what you preach. So when a company or MSP um, builds their security practice um, within, this belief is shown on the outside. Right. We see it. Um, and, and this is something we do at Cisco. Right. So we're working heavily on enablement internally, as well as we are going external to the MSPs and the partner community as well. Um, and we can't have our MSPs and our our partners believe that if we weren't doing it uh, and working tirelessly at it. So. Again, going back to, you know, practice what you preach, um, transparency is key for MSPs to be able to be transparent with their end customers, right? They have to be doing it themselves. They have to have these processes um, built internally um, for their customers to, to believe that.
0: Makes sense. Yeah. Andrew, I want to touch on something very briefly here, I don't want to open a can of worms here, but we've got to touch on the elephant in the room. We have seen a number of supply chains attack recently that have badly impacted MSPs. I'm not looking to to point blame here, not talking about opening a can of worms or anything, but what questions would you be recommending
1: that MSPs ask of their vendor clients across the board? So, um, This is a fantastic question, Richard, and I can't take credit for these two questions I'm gonna give you and your audience. okay? But I will reference a gentleman named John Strand, who I will give you show notes for. He's the owner of Black Hills Information Security. He's globally recognized as one of the top offensive practitioners. He taught the top SANS offensive course for 15 years. We had him on the cyber call the week after the July 4th incident. And that show is dedicated literally to really almost your question. In other words, how do we tell what our vendors are doing? How do we make sure you know, we could be doing all these great things internally as an MSP, but then because our vendor may not be doing the right thing, we're exposed and therefore all our clients. So there's two questions. Let me get right to it. That John says, ask every single one of your vendors. Question number one, Richard, is what does your current application security program look like? He Can you share it with me? And John elaborates that, you know, if a vendor has an application security program, they are going to be proud of it. They're going to talk about it. They'll probably talk about things like their, I'll just give you the acronym and explain it, their VDP, their Vulnerability Disclosure Program. Do they have bug bounties? Do they have rewards? How do they do their software? You know, their their SDLC, their secure lifecycle program for their software, they're going to be very proud of those things. John says, if they say, well, it's proprietary, we can't share anything about his comment, run for the hills. Um, The second thing, ask for a letter of attestation from their most recent pen test from a third-party provider. Ah. He said, you know, they don't have to disclose, here's our specific vulnerabilities, et cetera, et cetera. Because as we know, there's typically a 90-day moratorium on what the actual vulnerability that may be disclosed and, you know, in good faith they're working on it, et cetera. But again, if, you know, Rachel mentioned transparency, Again, if, if a vendor is upfront and you know proud of, hey, look, we, we do te- third-party tests on this kind of recurring basis. Here's our most recent letter of attestation. Here's an NDA to sign probably to get it, et cetera, et cetera. Again, if they are going to be ambiguous on answering that, John says, run for the hills. Very interesting. Thank you. And we'll include details to
0: all of that in the show notes as well. So anybody wants to go and check that out a little bit more, they can. Rachel, let me turn to you. You know, we're a very optimistic show here. Normally, I should say on Tub Talk, we're very positive, very optimistic about things. So I want to change the mood a little bit here because we've talked about all the things that are challenging at the moment for MSPs, all the things that are challenging for vendors. But let's be honest, MSPs and vendors are not the only people with cybersecurity on their minds right now. Small businesses, organizations everywhere are thinking about cybersecurity. So is this a great opportunity for MSPs to be having conversations with clients? What does that opportunity look like? Yeah,
2: absolutely. I mean, and I, I hate to take it back, but... I, more. I think that security is more of a necessity at this point as well than an opportunity. Um, and not just for businesses, but for individuals, for users. And, and that's there's a huge focus on that as well. So I think that there's an opportunity for, for MSPs and for businesses to, to better educate their, their end users on, on the technology, on the processes, and on the why. Um, because it's 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 top of mind, uh, going all the way down um, today beyond just you know the businesses and the high level and the CEOs the CISOs, It's it's a user issue as well, and so user training, implementing you know um, you know different routes and, and incentives to be able to educate their end users to get involved. Uh, I think there's a huge opportunity for that, and I think that you know we're seeing opportunities grow um, when we when we enable others um, to, to teach and to learn these concepts as well.
0: Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Andrew, I wanna ask a question of you and it's to do with cybersecurity insurance. Yeah. So my view on this at the moment, and please tell me if I'm completely wrong here, in fact, I'd encourage it, I have been telling MSPs to build up relationships with cybersecurity uh, insurance brokers specialists because I have, my view on this is, is that we can do everything we can possibly do, but there is no way we can cover all bases for clients. So what place does cybersecurity insurance have for MSPs, if at all?
1: Well, it has a huge space for MSPs. The last two cyber calls, again, I'll give you the show notes, Richard, again, if you want to see them, were dedicated to cyber insurance. And let me explain why, and I'll try and be as brief as I possibly can for this. So, number one, there are sweeping changes post the July 4th incident specifically around cyber insurance. And it was basically a culmination. We had Lockton Richard on, who is the largest insurance broker in the world. And we had their CISO who's right in your neighborhood, Peter Ersig, who was a CISO of uh, uh, one of the big um, telcos in, in the UK, I forget, I'm drawing a blank in the second, uh, BT and uh, Visa, et cetera. Okay. But So here's the thing. The answer is absolutely to your question, they should. I'll give you a staggering statistic, and we've done this now three times on the cyber call. We asked, yes or no, you know if all of your clients have cyber insurance. 80% of MSPs do not know whether their clients do or don't have cyber insurance across the board. Now, a few stats about that. The first time ever brokers, at least in the US, we had Justin Rymuth of TechRug, who has over 1,800 MSPs having cyber policies with him. The first time ever he's been capped temporarily at $2 million in coverage. So in the history of doing this. Secondly, we've looked at the cyber insurance renewals and what the um, uh, questionnaires look like, Richard. Five years ago, you could ask somebody that was sub to million million in revenue, US revenue. So equate that to whatever market you're in. You'd ask five questions and you get a cyber policy, three, four, $5 million. Today, there's five to seven pages of questions and you're asked for proof So why this is important to MSPs is a few reasons. Number one, if your customer doesn't have cyber insurance and there's an adverse event, again, the States is very litigious. I'm going to refer back to what I know, Richard, not necessarily globally, but the States is very litigious. And the attorney, there's more than likely, you know, going to be some bad things happen, but the attorney's going to sit there across from that MSP and say, look, you know, Um, My client had to pay personally out of pocket. They didn't have cyber insurance. But let me ask you a question. Um, Why didn't my customer have multi-factor authentication? I mean, that's like, you know, going to a doctor and saying, you know, I'm going to tell you what I should have. Right, So it's not a good answer and it's not defensible. And lastly, why it's so bullish right now to be in front of every customer with potentially an insurance broker is because the controls are becoming so, uh, 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 what's the word I want to use here? Onerous in nature, Richard. Mm. It's a good thing. You can actually increase your MRR monumentally right now. We are seeing things like if you want a policy, you need logging right? You can't have traditional AV. You need EDR. You need to have MFA everywhere. Heck, the most recent cybersecurity questionnaire I saw it even had privileged access management as a question. So um, I, I couldn't, I, I think you're spot on um, in terms of, you know, whether developing relationships with, uh, but bare minimum, you need to know if your customers have an insurance policy or not, because if they don't, then they're not being held to a standard to get anything. And then more than likely, it's gonna fall back on you as the MSP. Yeah, makes sense. I've
0: heard a lot of MSPs say to me when I've had the conversation with them about cybersecurity insurance, we are the insurance for our clients. And that really, that really terrifies me, Andrew, because I'm like, well, who's got your back? Who's the safety net for you? We, you couldn't possibly keep up with everything that's going on. So I'm so glad that you are encouraging people to, uh, to seek out these things as well. So, uh, Rachel, you have been hugely respectful. Now, when we get vendors on the show, the first thing they do is talk about, well, we've got this, we've got that, we've got the other. So first of all, thank you for being so respectful, <laughs> not sharing everything. I am asking you specifically now though, In terms of Cisco resources, you know, is there uh, any resources you'd like to give a shout at, any uh, resources you want to point people to in terms of Cisco sponsored training, anything that can help our listeners with our cybersecurity?
2: Yeah, no, absolutely, Richard. and, And I appreciate that. So, you know, we're, like I said, from a partner managed perspective, we're going heavily into enablement. Um, and making sure that our MSPs have all the tools um, that they that they can have to be able to secure their practice and secure their end users. So with that, we're working with um, True Methods um, with Andrew and and Gary Pika um, to help deliver what they call a. A training manual um, for MSPs, and so this is more than just enablement. This is more than just content. This is a space. This is a community um, for MSPs to go into to be able to have modules to talk through fundamental cybersecurity um, skills and, and best practices, and building all the way through pa- packaging and pricing. Um, you know, different things with uh, CIS controls and. and and tabletop exercises and all of these um, topics, real world topics um, that MSPs want to hear from people who have gone through this, from e- industry experts that are that are coming to the, the MSP community saying, hey, we've we've done this, this works, and we've done this, and this doesn't work. Um, so really putting that forward and so true methods is is a Cisco sponsored um, you know, community that we again we're working with Gary Pika on. And there's a a lot of uh, content within there. And and to your point, Richard, it's not just vendor focused. This is something that Cisco is saying, hey, you know, we sponsor this because this is what you need. Um, and, And this is what the community needs.
0: And I'll give the URL for that. So truemethods.com forward slash Cisco, go and check this out. So I'm I'm really glad you shared this because I've seen the work that Andrew and yourself have put into this resource and Gary and everybody else It is absolutely uh, phenomenal. I want to be clarify that though. Is that open to Cisco partners or is it open to anybody? It's
2: open to anybody. Yep. All partners, all, you know, all MSPs, uh, anybody that, you know, can, can, can use it, please do.
0: Wow. Let me ask a specific question as well. I've had a lot of MSPs asking me, uh, and, and a little bit to the point Andrew made about, you know, the uh, the reams of paperwork that people MSPs have to put together now for cybersecurity insurance and their clients have to put together. I've had a lot of MSPs ask me if I can point them towards a good incident response plan. Is that something that's included in the aforementioned training?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I okay. mean, like, like we've said, right, it's not a matter of if, but when. So, you know, when it happens, what are you going to do? What is your Plan. What is that that plan, and how you keep your your business operating? How do you keep your clients secure? How do you reduce ultimately that time to detection um, in all the different areas of the infrastructure that you have? So, uh, yes, uh, incident response plan is is included uh, within True Methods, and there's going to be more content uh, around topics just like that, um, continuously. You know, within that platform
0: and that community. Wonderful. We'll include all the details in the show notes, www.truemethods.com forward slash Cisco. Go and check it out. However, Andrew, you've already mentioned this a couple of times. We mentioned the cyber nation. We've mentioned the cyber call. You've got a lot going on. We've definitely got to include details of these in the show notes, but uh, tell us more about what, you know, what is the cyber nation? What is the cyber call? Why should people go and check it out?
1: Yeah. So these are free resources for MSPs, and MSSPs, Richard. We um, we started this, or um, you know, I put it together. Actually, you know, just a little history. Right after the pandemic, um, we. Um, I, I, so I, I work with cyber vendors, some global ones. Mm-hmm. And on their go to their go to market strategies. Well, the first thing we did coming out of it, we put together something called V CyberCon. Back in April of 2020, we had 1,700 MSPs attend the event. It was a five day event with a capture of the flag. And basically, at the end, we said, you know, do you want to? Should we do something to create something to keep this all going? And you know, the answer was absolutely. Um, the flagship companies in that were Perch and Huntress. Um, Again, it was five days of content. And so I thought about it for about a week and created the cyber call. And the genesis of it was, look, let's meet once a week. Let's talk about a specific security domain, a security topic, et cetera. Um, and it's grown a little over now. Uh, we're in our 61st week coming up here. Wow! Uh, our 52nd week, our, our year anniversary, we had, we had Verizon on for the Verizon data breach report, the first time ever they presented to the MSPs. Um, and then um, we now have, like I said, close to 3,800 in the community. Um and then the Cyber Nation was something where I said, okay, I'm just going to create basically this community where there's about 1,300, 1,400 now in that. Again, free. I'll send all this information, URLs, um, where people could collaborate 24-7. So, we it's global. There's people all over the world in it. And, you know, Rachel mentioned the incident response plan. So, between the Cyber Call and Cyber Nation, um, we do these quarterly projects, if you will, these quarterly events. And one of them was building your incident response plan. And the incident response plan that you'll find in True Methods comes from an event we did with the CISO of Marco. There were 1,200 employee organization, MSP, managing tens and tens of thousands of endpoints. Their CISO, Mike Bergard, phenomenal, um, who uh, leads their security team was kind enough to sanitize their actual IR plan, Richard. Oh, wow. Yeah, he walks through the plan and provides it in that uh, specific webinar, which sits within True Methods or Cyber Nation, but the the True Methods Cisco content, it's sitting in there along with the tabletop exercise done by Wes Spencer and Chris Blair, which is testing your incident response plan. They do an RMM breach, um, and so, yeah, that I hope that gives a, a quick high level. And then lastly, yeah. we started about five, six weeks ago, something called the cybercast. It's a podcast with, I don't know if you have ever heard of center for internet security, CIS controls or global standards. So we have their director of controls. We have Ryan Weeks, Wes Spencer, and we do a podcast dedicated to security controls and policies and how to synthesize them and make them very actionable oriented because they can be very dry and convoluted. So in 20, 30 minutes, we actually distill down and demystify what they are. Yeah,
0: makes sense. That's awesome. Now, I mentioned earlier on, and I want to put you on the spot here, you've already mentioned lots of different names of very, very smart people who MSP should be following. You're at the heart of the cybersecurity community. It should be obvious to anybody who's listening to this. Which smart people should the listeners of this show be following to stay
1: current on trends in cybersecurity? Yeah, we mentioned already Ryan Weeks. I think, you know, he's somebody that um, the reason I respect Ryan so much is he puts cybersecurity and community before vendor and who he, you know, it's like, that's way more important to him, right? He, he'll he have a, he'll pick up the phone with anybody to help them. The guy is fantastic and so knowledgeable. Um, you know, he's securing a public company. So you've got a guy that truly understands. And as a cybersecurity team north of 50 people um, on his staff. Uh, then Wes Spencer, CISO of Pert Security. Um, I mentioned John Strand. I'll give you the URLs for him. He runs some phenomenal training, by the way, which is a pay what you can model. Oh, wow! And he has uh, core SOC skills coming up. We're going to actually do some promotion and help out MSPs get quote-unquote mini scholarships on that, Richard. John Hammond, one of my favorites. Uh, John has a YouTube channel of, gosh, over 150,000 now. He's one of the top offensive guys out there. He works at Huntress as well. But John Hammond is a must to follow phenomenal. And then over on your side of the pond, as it were, I'm a huge fan of Kelvin Tagelar. I don't know if you know Kelvin, but he runs another just selfless individual. He just finished what's called the cyber drain. Uh, He had a huge. um, uh, sorry, capture the flag event, but selfless individual who'll get on the phone with anybody. And last few come to mind is Phyllis Lee, the senior director of controls for CIS. She's always willing to help MSPs out. Um, she really understands that we are the basically wholesale to retail model, if you will, that we are the backdrop for all SMB. Um, so those are a few that come to mind. I hope that that helps.
0: Amazing, and we're going to have a very full show notes for this episode. But I think it's all good. I promise you, uh, listening at the start of this, we were going to have some really good content, and I think you'll agree when we've got it. Rachel, you know, going back, can you clarify how somebody could get started with that Cisco sponsored cybersecurity training? Tell us a little bit more about that uh, and elaborate on it a bit for us.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the URL is www.truemethods.com or Forward slash Cisco, and we'll put that in the notes for you. Um, and, and you can go ahead and register, sign up. Um, the first sixty days uh, free, and from there you have all the content. Everything is available to you: the community, the webinars, the events. Um, you know, take advantage of, of of all the modules and the content um, from there, and, and and be a part of the community.
0: Yeah. Very, very cool. Look, both of you, I have thoroughly enjoyed our time today. and now we're tackling some very, very timely and difficult topics at the moment. So I appreciate you being open and honest in everything we've talked about. There's going to be a lot of people listening today who want to continue the conversation with you. So if anybody wants to reach out to you, how hey, can they find you? Andrew, perhaps if I turn to you, first of all.
1: Yeah, Richard. So I'm on LinkedIn and um, I'll, I'll give you that URL. And also my email is pretty easy. It's Andrew at the cyber nation. So the cybernation.com. Wonderful.
0: And Rachel, if anybody want to reach, reach out to you and continue the conversation towards Cisco, cybersecurity, anything at all, how can they reach you?
2: Yep. The best way to contact me is, is connect with me on LinkedIn.
0: Wonderful. We'll include all the details in the show notes. Thank you so much for your time today. Again, you've been really open and honest talking about a variety of topics, some really difficult topics as well. So really appreciate it. As we close off, any final thoughts on cybersecurity? Andrew, what should MSPs be thinking about as they uh, go away from this podcast?
1: Well, again, I I think I've beat to death already, Richard, you know, about being client number one. But what I would say, something came up in the cyber call yesterday was so eloquent. And that is this, is that, you know, if you have a client um, that you've been trying for a long time to, let's just say, put in multi-factor, you're right, and you're sitting there going, you know, you know, I'm trying everything I've documented, you know, and, you know, they've gotten maybe a small business email compromise once already, they're still not doing it. One of the best things you can say to that owner is just like look them in the eyes or her in the eyes and say, you know, I feel like I care more about your business than you do. And just don't say another word and let them talk first. And it might open up a can of good stuff for you.
0: Oh, that is powerful, powerful stuff. You cannot care more about your client's network than they do. Somebody told me that years ago and absolutely agree with it. Uh, Rachel, I wanna say a personal thank you to you as well. You know, we're seeing vendors get uh, a lot of flack at the moment. So I understand why the MSP community, uh, a lot of flack towards vendors. One of the reasons I wanted to invite you on the show is to just show exactly what Cisco are doing. You're putting your money where your mouth is. You are helping the community to be more secure, to grow their businesses. So a public thank you from me to you and the whole team at Cisco. If there's one thing you would want listeners to do, one action to take after listening today, what would it be?
2: It'd be, you know, security isn't just an opportunity, it's a necessity. Um, so so check out True Methods, get involved with the, the MSP community, check out the content um, and start implementing it.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you both for your time. Really appreciate it. Perhaps the three of us can catch up in say six months or so. Uh, again, on the podcast, I suspect things will have moved at a pace by then and we'll have plenty more to talk about. But until then, thank you both for your time. Really appreciate it.
2: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you, Richard.